Good morning. I'm Jim Swan here with co-host Monica Braz, Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. If you've been following BBB on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you are aware that May is Moving Month, a month established by BBB in collaboration with the Canadian Association of Movers. And here on Ask BBB, we're joined by Nancy Irvine, the President of the Canadian Association of Movers. Good to have you with us again, Nancy. Yes, good morning again, Jim and Monica. And before we talk about moving, I'm just going to point out that we'll also be featuring a conversation with a decorator this morning, a topic that's somewhat related to getting that move ready. So Nancy, we spoke last week about the Canadian Association of Movers and the role that it plays in helping people avoid scams. And we also looked at BBB's involvement. Movers that are members of CAM and accredited by BBB are people that we feel safe with, that we can trust. So today, let's talk about finding and booking a mover. What are some things we should know about finding a mover suitable for our particular needs? As far as I'm concerned, the most important thing you can do when finding a mover is to do some research. I can't stress that enough. Every victim of a moving scam over this last year has told us that they were sucked in on the price and didn't even bother Googling the company or checking with the BBB. There's one company that uh, if they had taken 10 minutes to Google, so many victims would have been saved thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. All they had to do was check with the BBB or check on the consumer alerts at CAM's website, and they would have run in the other direction. But aside from that, you need to pick a mover that has bricks and mortar. You must find a mover that has a building and an office that you can go to. Meet your mover is another really important thing. There are so many ways to be able to do that, even with COVID. You can Zoom or video chat, or you can even have the mover over, masked and socially distanced, of course. In terms of other important things, always get your quotes in writing. Make sure you have a clear understanding of the process of how your move is going to take place. How are they going to be able to handle it during COVID so you understand what you need to do and what they need to do in order to make it safe for everybody? Find out how your payment is due and when it is due. Um, a lot of scam moving companies will ask for the money totally up front for a huge down payment. And really, you should only have to pay less than 10% at the most. And then the other thing you want to do is ask what will happen if something gets broken. So a lot of times, Nancy, especially for long distance moves, those costs are quite significant. So what's considered a long distance move compared to just something that's local? Sure. And it can be complicated. So I'll try to break it down for you. So a long distance move is generally a move where one travels more than 150 kilometers away or an hour and a half one way in driving that they normally can't finish that move in one day. Uh, whereas a local move is one that can be loaded into the truck, moved, delivered and set up uh, in a home within a few hours or a day at the most. So local moves are based on hourly rates and may include a mileage fee depending on how far the distance is. The rate is usually for two, three, or four man or female crew and the vehicles that are required for that. Quite often there's a minimum of two hours 
And it's really important to understand that the charge starts from when the moving crew leaves their warehouse until they return. So to give you a kind of an idea, if you're just sitting there trying to figure it out on your own, um, you take the number of rooms that you have furniture in and belongings in that are being moved. So generally one room is an hour for pickup, loading, on the truck, delivery, and going. So a two-bedroom house, say with a living room, kitchen, full basement, would be about six rooms, roughly, around six hours. So it should be noticed that the crews must wear masks the entire time they are working. And it could take longer because these warriors need to get out and take out to the truck and take those masks off for a few minutes to breathe every once in a while. You give the guys a bit of a break there. So you should always have at least three guys on the job, even if it's um, more per hour rate than, than two guys, because then one fella is with the truck at all times, properly loading the truck so that things are minimally damaged. And most importantly, nothing gets stolen from an unattended truck. The cost for long distance moves are based on the weight of the shipment and the distance it travels. Each item is assigned a weight and moving companies have lots of programs that are pretty accurate at determining how much a shipment would weigh. So once the weight and distance are determined, then the delivery date is worked out as well. So a scantily furnished one bedroom apartment or studio apartment that's around 2000 pounds going from London to Ottawa or Montreal may take the same amount of time to get there as a fully furnished four bedroom house going from London to Vancouver. It's very important to understand that because just because you and your family can drive to somewhere in two or three days doesn't mean that the moving truck can. The moving truck driver has frequent stops on his journey uh, as he drops off shipments or picks up other ones. And, um, you know, he has, he has to make that journey and it will take several days to get there. Also, truck drivers are going to be limited to the number of hours that they can drive uh, starting in June with a new safety law that's coming into play so that that will reduce the number of uh, driving hours and accidents on the highways. So a truck for a long distance move is weighed before the shipment is picked up. And th then the mover goes back to that scale and weighs the truck again. And then the difference between the two is the weight of the shipment. The calculations are then formalized. They're sent back to the uh, moving company so they can figure out the full charges. And then the consumer is to be told what the charges are as soon as possible so that they can cobble together all the money. The expenses um, for that don't have to be paid until close to delivery. So you're not, you don't have to pay them right away, but you do have to pay them before the driver opens up the truck. Uh, there is not a moving company in the world that is going to give you all of your things before getting paid. So uh, Nancy, what should that contract look like uh, with the mover? The professional moving company will be using what's called a bill of lading, which serves as a contract between you and the moving company. So your bill of lading should include the mover's contact information, including name, the address, uh, the phone number. Uh, and if you're not seeing a physical address or a phone number on that contract, uh, that, that's a sign and ask them to, to put the information on there for you because you might be dealing with a scam operator. The other things that should be on there is your contact information, of course. 
where the shipment is coming from and where it's going to. And make sure that you've got the addresses noted properly. Uh, if you give a wrong or mistaken address to the moving company, it will impede the uh, delivery process because it'll end up somewhere else. It has happened before. The other thing that should be on there is the agreed date or period of time that you're getting your things delivered. A moving company that's a long distance moving company will be able to say, we're picking you up on Tuesday. That's great. Uh, and then next week on Monday or Tuesday, we're going to deliver you. That should be on your contract. And then the last thing, of course, which is the most important thing is the service rates and method of payment. So all of the services that the company is going to be charging you for should be included on that bill of lading. It, it'll be the, the rate, of course, for the move. Uh, in a long distance move, it would be, you know, so many dollars or so many cents a pound. But you might need um, a smaller truck because you live in a, a lane that a big 53-foot truck can't get into. So that's called a shuttle. It might be included. Uh, there might be um, charges for a long carry or, or you know, if you've got things that you don't have an elevator and they've got to go up four floors if in a four-floor four walk-up like you do in Montreal, they may charge for the extra time it's going to take to do the stairs. And then most moving companies can take all sorts of different types of payment. They can take e-transfer, cash, money, certified check, credit card, debit card. Um, I'm not a big fan of cash. Uh, I want to have a record of when I paid them. And I really strongly recommend that you do as well. Because, uh, again, you want to be able to trace and show that you've paid them. Well, Nancy, it's obvious that there's a lot to know when it comes to moving. And that's why we'll have you back again here next week to join us on uh, Moving Month. Thanks for your time here this morning. Thanks again. See you next week. Nancy Irvine is the president of the Canadian Association of Movers and will be joining us each week through Moving Month with information to assist consumers in avoiding costly scams. Next week, the added concern with COVID and stories of moves gone wrong. And in a moment, we'll add some fresh paint to those four walls that you've been looking at these past months. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB. The COVID protection protocols have us all looking inward. We're learning much about what's important to us. And because that philosophical inward look, we've been gazing at the walls that surround us. And that might have ignited the desire to change things a little bit. So joining us now is Sylvie Meadows, owner of Limited Edition Painting and Decorating, someone who can help us change the look of the four walls. It's good to have you here with us today, Sylvie. Good morning. So Sylvie, this is Moving Month, and we're featuring information about moving safely. Of course, that also at times may mean selling a home and resettling into a new home. And when a home is being decorated for staging, what sort of recommendations do you make to help out homeowners? Well, we first start off by coming in through the front door. Front doors are your first impression. Uh, painting them uh, to clean them up always helps. And when you walk in, uh, your front entrance should always look decluttered and 
fairly clean, no areas of concern as far as when you look up, uh, ceilings look clean, no water damage. That's what people are looking for. So first impressions are always the most important for anybody coming into a home. Sylvia, what um, sort of color choices do you make when you're doing a, a staging redecorating? We generally go neutral. Um, grays seem to still be the in thing, has been for probably at least uh, six to eight years now, I would say. We try to guide again, just doing something that can complement basically the flooring um, in the home. Usually people are guided into that direction anyways, naturally. So do you get calls um, after people have moved into a staged home and get them to, to, to ask you to change some of those things? Yes, actually we do. Um, we have actually gotten many, uh, we do many homes a year. They may not do everything. Um, they may just concentrate on specific areas like a living room, dining room, for instance, because their furniture is different than the other owner's furniture. So they want to maybe make their furniture pop. And um, so they may even do feature walls or a wallpapered wall uh, that can also be done. But yes, uh, people generally will want us to come in just to clean up uh, maybe main areas of a home. Um, many people are just plain tired of looking at the same four walls. So what are some trends in decorating that maybe you can um, suggest for people to have some sort of change or maybe just some easy things that people can think about tweaking that can give them, you know, the feeling of freshening things up? Depending on your budget, we've seen people put uh, decals up, maybe in a, their bedroom or their children's bedrooms. Um, we've seen wallpaper, uh, like in a dining, one wall in a dining room, for instance. We don't tend to do too many strong colors in homes. I would say that it would help if you did something a little different, um, like painting a door black even. People said, hey, can we just have just the hallway doors done on one side, just paint it all black. And it does make a big difference, changes the whole look of your uh, of that space, really. Sylvia, a part of the home that we don't always consider when we think about decor is, is the garage. Uh, what are some of the options and suggestions for that area of the home? Well, the garage has been a place that many families will gather um, because it's a, a large area generally where you can all get together and open up a garage door is always a welcoming thing to have when the weather is nice. Um, entertaining in the garage um, is a good idea because you can also do a flooring, an epoxy floor in your garage, which would make it virtually maintenance-free. And it can be very decorative. And we've seen people put TVs up in the garages um, and actual furniture, like couches and 
lazy boys and fridge and everything you could imagine, just like a family room. So it does, uh, it does create a nice area for gatherings. And uh, hopefully this can happen again uh, within the next maybe six months. <laughs> This is this is something that then would help people cope with the uh, gatherings and the restrictions around uh, COVID. Um, how has COVID impacted your whole business in terms of uh, complying with the prevention protocols? Yeah, it has been a a little bit um, difficult at some situations when we're doing our estimates. We generally start off by asking customers if they're comfortable with us coming in, uh, wearing a mask. Uh, we ask for them to also wear a mask. And if it's not possible, we just have them give us pictures of the areas that they want to have painted. And then uh, we can give them actually a ballpark idea of what the cost is for something like that. And then working in the homes, Again, we all wear masks. Mask wearing is during the whole day. We do come into contact where some people are unable to wear a mask for medical conditions, but we try to work around all that, try to be as safe as possible, uh, always, anyway. So, Sylvie, if people are, you know, thinking about looking at a service that you offer, for example, you know, they're, they're wanting to refresh their home or maybe they're planning on moving. Uh, when they're reviewing a quote or an estimate, what are some of the things that they should really look for so that they can be um, prepared or know that they're also finding somebody who is going to be reliable and trustworthy? First thing is they should know whether the company has um, a good reputation in the city Contact your paint store that you deal with. Um, ask them. Things you should ask also, do they have um, insurance? Uh, do they have WSIB coverage? If there was an injury in the home or on the job, if they don't have that, it's your insurance that's going to look after it. Do, they, do these companies that come in and give you an estimate, are they subbing the workout? Are they just hiring, you know, a bunch of young guys and saying, hey, whoever can do it, you know, for this money, they can have the job. So know what, what it is that's going to be included in that estimate when you receive it. There's so many variations when you're working outside. There's times you need um, a lift, for instance. Who pays for that? Is that included in the estimate? Just different, there's different things that people need to be aware of. And like I say, just do your homework. And of course, we always recommend that you check the BBB directory and make sure that they uh, are BBB accredited before you start. Sylvie. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sylvie, thanks very much for joining us this morning and uh, giving us some inside tips on decorating for moving or just to brighten up those walls. Thank you for having me. Sylvie Meadows is the owner of Limited Edition Painting and Decorating, an accredited business with the BBB with an A-plus rating. And you can learn more about their services by searching the BBB directory under Painting Contractors or Residential Painting. We'll return in a moment with some final thoughts. 
Welcome back to the final portion of Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB. And through this month, we're featuring information about movers and moving. BBB has collaborated with the Canadian Association of Movers to declare May Moving Month. It's a concerted effort to help people avoid scammers who have set up elaborate schemes that cost people precious dollars and put their possessions in peril. Next week, Nancy Irvine will return and we'll talk with someone who was a victim of a move gone terribly wrong. And before we sign off this morning, we want to wish a happy Mother's Day to those special people in our lives who, frankly, deserve recognition and accolades every day for all that they do. Happy Mother's Day. And Monica, that's all of our time for Ask BBB this week. You can contact us anytime on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And if you have a question or guest suggestion, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Brass. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.